Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So, I am doing the pun today. Here's no. my pun. <laughs> I'm really Wait, excited about this. This this does, you know, render me entirely worthless, worthless in this episode because oh, you're also talking about the you know, I'll just be I'll just be the mirror. Okay. Well, but here's my pun. Let me do my pun. Okay. All ready? right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. So, I'm sitting down. So, here's the pun is and this is actually a legit pun. Like I didn't think of this. Um, I think Wait, this was the you're design. You're off to a bad start. You're already justifying the pun before we know what it is. Oh, sorry. Okay. Good point. Uh, <laughs> the pun is page rank. So we're going to talk about page rank today. Do you know anything about page rank? Ranks. Or what pages. it does. Oh, this is Google's algorithm, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the pun is, why is it called page rank? Oh, wait. I think I know. It Did by chance Larry Page invent it? Yes, he did. No. Oh, that's amazing. You can't so, make that up. Yeah, I know. So it's like, is it web pages or is it Larry Page? I don't know. Little column A, little column B. And I think that is a great fun fact about PageRank. Oh, that's amazing. You are listening to Linear Digressions. That's like... That's, yeah, that's like, like a legitimate data science pun that, that is we didn't s- even make up. Slyly naming your product after yourself. I love it. It's beautiful. Yes. Anyway, um, let's go to PageRank. Yeah, so this is uh, you know one of the seminal papers of the modern internet as we know it uh, from 1998. Yes, this is the algorithm that made Google so much better than I don't know what it was in like AltaVista or WebCrawler or any of those back in the day. Right. So this is a page that, or a page. This is a a paper that was written by Larry Page when he was a graduate student at Stanford. Um, and then as you're kind of flipping through and looking at the at the appendices or the um, the bibliography and stuff, there's also some a little bit of Sergey Brin that you can see coming through here. So this is this is Larry and Sergey, and they were graduate students at Stanford at the time, and they were researching um, search engines and trying to understand, you know, what is the best way of doing like information retrieval in a web setting, and so PageRank was the algorithm that that Larry Page wrote wrote here and we'll go through the algorithm a little bit but it's worth keeping in mind sort of the scale of the internet as it existed then because it's so different from where it is right now Mm -hmm. at the time that they were writing this paper they quantify the web as being 150 million pages and 1.7 billion links uh so this is enough that you couldn't fit it all you know on your laptop or whatever but this is very, very much smaller than anything that is what we think of as the, the modern web today, for sure. Yeah, the modern web is measured probably in, I guess, exabytes or something like that. Um, I, I don't have it in front of me, but but you go kilobytes, megabytes, gigabytes, terabytes, petabytes, exabytes, and each one of those is a factor of a thousand larger. So uh, it's big. For sure. And a lot of this is due to video, not just text. Back in the day, it was it was primarily text that was on the internet. Uh, yeah, that's right. Do you know what the first image on the World Wide Web was? Fun fact. Oh, Larry Page? No, mm-hmm. it, it wouldn't have been. I'll give you a hint. Where was the World Wide Web invented? Uh, Slash, what is my own academic history such that I might know this? Oh, um, CERN? Uh-huh. Wait. Yeah, I really? mean, that was where, so Tim Berners-Lee was a staff scientist or something like this at CERN. He invented the World Wide Web for uh, 
physics data sharing, I think, basically. <laughs> um, nice. But the first picture on the World Wide Web was a band called, if I'm recalling this correctly, Les Horribles Cernettes, which was like the Horrible Cernettes, which was like a girl group that was based out of CERN, of just like, it was like a band that people had as like one of their, you know, as a hobby. Um, and so I guess somebody in the band knew Tim Berners-Lee or something That's, like this. Wow. And he had a picture of them, and that was the first picture that was on the internet. Or the World Wide Web, I guess I should say. The, the World Wide Web. And actually, um, just briefly before we get into PageRank, we should talk about the much more naive algorithms that were being used by uh, all of the other search engines. And they, they were things as simple as, okay, go over a particular, like go scan all of the pages on the internet following links. And for each page, count all, of, like this is a naive example, count all of the occurrences of all of the words. And if you see the word uh, basket and weaving uh, occurring a lot of, like over and over and over again on this one particular page, this one particular page might be your top hit for basket weaving, right? Uh, of course, this was very easily uh, defeatable because if I want to get the top hit on basket weaving, even though I am, you know, doing something completely unrelated, I could just put a bunch of words at the bottom of my page, uh, white background on my page, white text, very small uh, font size, and now I've got a, the the word basket and maybe all the synonyms occurring hundreds of times on my page. That defeats the naive algorithm, uh, but page rank was a little bit less naive and harder to defeat, which is kind of why Google did a better job than some of the uh, simpler search engines out there. Right, so their their competition at the time was like Yahoo, Netscape, AltaVista, for some of the older people in our audience, you might remember some of these. Um, and yeah, there was Excuse a lot of me. stuff. <laughs> I remember them. Uh, well, we are some of the older people in our audience, Ben. Oh, um, <laughs> ooh. I mean. Reality, <laughs> yeah. okay. Um, Anywho, uh, yeah. So there was a lot of a lot of the early stuff was like you said, based around text. Maybe they would try to prioritize text that was like, you know, titles of pages versus freeform text of the page. The thing that Larry Page was thinking about when he wrote PageRank was a particular twist on a particular uh, way of of prioritizing things. So, for background here, uh, Larry Page, as it happens, you know, was working in academia. I might be wrong about this, but I think his he had like his father or somebody in his family was also an academic. So he was fairly familiar with the idea of academic citation networks, uh, which is when you write a paper, you have to refer to kind of all the papers that are relevant within your field. And so at the end of every academic paper, there's this big, big uh, like bibliography that has kind of all these links to other pieces of scientific literature. And so this citation network forms kind of a an importance measure that you could think of in that the most important papers are the ones that end up getting cited the most often. So there's kind of this equivalence between lots of citations to a paper and it being an important paper. And so that idea uh, that maybe the links between these like nodes on a graph, if you think of the nodes as the pages, and the links between them are sort of like connections. That is kind of like the crux of the idea of PageRank. Um, so let's 
treat the web as like this big citation network and take advantage of the graph structure here to tell us what the most important nodes are. And mm-hmm. those are going to be the things that like should pop up for a given search. So in academia, it's not so much how often you quote yourself or how often you talk about your field in a particular paper. Uh, the importance of your paper is more about what other people say about your paper. Exactly. How many people cite you, right? Exactly. And I think, I'm not a huge expert here, but reading the paper a little bit, it it sounds like this idea in and of itself was not something that Larry Page was the first person to think about. The twist that PageRank gave to it that really made it work was that PageRank is a recursive algorithm. So it's not just about how many links you have coming back to your web page. it's the quality of those links themselves actually then lend some credibility to your web page. In other words, Mm. if I have a website and you link to my website from like your random website, that might give me very low, low, uh, (laughs) yeah, low quality sites. But if my page gets linked to from Wikipedia or from the New York times or Mm. from, uh, you know, Google, uh, well, I guess Google's not a great idea because yeah, or Google me, Google is a portal. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like I'm just trying to think of like what are like super high relevance pages Especially that like time, get a lot of yeah. traffic. But anyway, you get the idea that it's not just about how many arrows I have pointing back at me, but it's about how important each of those arrows are, and how important each of those arrows are is is itself informed by how many arrows point back to them, and so on. And so it's kind of this like big recursive operation to try to figure all of this out because you kind of it's kind of this like circle that connects back on itself at the end um and so they walk through a little bit the practicalities of kind of like initializing that operation and then you have to iterate through it um you know x number of times and kind of reach convergence and so on it's not something that you can just calculate once and be done with um because it's all based on the relationships between these nodes and like i said kind of the relative the relative importance of a node will then propagate through to the other nodes that are connected mm. to it. And so it's, it's a little more right. complicated. So with the naive algorithm I was talking about before, you would start at the beginning and you would go through and touch all of the pages. And once you've touched all of the pages once, let's say you're done because you've looked at the page itself and you've decided how important it is with respect to certain search terms. But if you're looking at a page's importance as being relative to all of the pages that link to it, then you can't just go through once, kind of like you were saying, because that first page you visit, you may be assigned it some kind of a rank, but you don't know what any of the other pages that are linking to it are. And so once you go through the entire graph, which is not at all linear, it's this kind of everything kind of points to everything else. Once you go through this graph, then you have enough information that you can do a second pass and a third pass and a fourth pass until your different passes are not changing your results all that much. Yep, that's right. And so there are a few things in here. It's actually you know, quite simple and quite straightforward. Just a few things here that I would point out. So first of all, is that the thing that's important for a page's rank is notably like the what they call the backlinks to it. So in other words, the other pages that point back to my page say how important my page is. Um, in other words, it's not the outgoing links, the forward links, because I have control over those. And so you can, you know, kind of game the system a little bit 
Um, mm-hmm. Instead, it's more about how kind of like the rest of the internet seems to think about you, not how you, you know, relate to the rest of the internet. The second thing that's a little bit funny is that they, they spend some time talking about these things called rate sinks. And so it's the idea that you can have a link that points to page A, and then point page A points to page B, page B points to page A, and then A points back to the B, and then B points back to A. So there's the idea of these two coupled pages, or you could have like networks of pages that only point to each other, kind of in circles, mm. and then they don't pa- point back out. And this can be a little bit of a problem for the recursive algorithm because you can get kind of a feedback loop. And so one of the things that they had to do to avoid that feedback loop is is introduce a little bit of a dampening constant so that each time kind of the the importance propagates through that network, it dies down a little bit so that you don't get kind of runaway calculations in these little whirlpools of, of web pages all pointing at each other. That actually happened a lot. Um, I earlier kind of alluded to the idea of, well, a naive, a naive search algorithm is easy to compromise by just putting a bunch of your keywords that you want to optimize for on your page uh, hidden somewhere, right? Similarly, if you are just looking at uh, at backlinks, is that what you said they were called? Backlinks are the are the links pointing back to my page. Yeah. Right. So, if I wanted to, I could create a bunch of independent websites and then have them all point at each other and say, aha, now I've got a ton of people pointing to each of my pages, so all of my pages should kind of lift each other, right, in a way. Um, Or alternatively, and you actually saw this a lot, people would do link trades where you would approach an admin of a page of maybe a a well-known page and you would say, hey, if you link to my page over here, I'll link to your page and then we'll both benefit, right? And so as people started responding to weaknesses in the original algorithm, which was a lot more, um, a lot tougher than, say, the naive implementation I described at the beginning, so started this kind of cat and mouse game where, you know, Google would be implementing new things on its, uh, uh, in its algorithm to contra- counteract some of the methods that people were taking to defeat it, and then the people who were trying to defeat it would respond to that and find other methods to defeat it. Oh, interesting. So that that wasn't something actually I knew about, but that does make sense. And, and I'm well aware of how even today, like search engine optimization or SEO is, I think, you know, Google is robust against some of the most blatant stuff like that. But yeah. for sure, there's still a, there's still gaming of it that one can do. Uh, so just to tie this all together, it looks like it's kind of funny to read this paper because they're still kind of toying around with the idea of Google um, in <laughs> fact, there, I think one of the, one of the citations is to google.stanford.edu, which is a pretty funny URL to look at now, almost 20 years later. Um, but anywho, yeah, so it looks like the, the actual algorithm and the way that they implemented it at Stanford, the algorithm itself is quite simple. Um, I think a lot of the advance here is in setting up the, the computing infrastructure that was needed for them to kind of prove that this worked well and to see what it actually looked like. So in order to run this at Stanford, again, this is on sort of late 90s era technology. 
They had 24 million web pages that they had downloaded and then scraped for all the like outgoing links. And they had to do a little bit of like data cleansing around those links um, so that then they could like look, recreate the, the graph structure of those 24 million pages, keeping in mind that that wasn't the full internet at that point, but it was, you know, a healthy portion of it. So that's pulling down the data set, cleaning it, sort of writing a representation such that you can retrieve all of the connections. And then they say that they, when they actually implement the algorithm on their servers, they had to run it through, we said there's kind of like an iterative process because it's recursive and you kind of have to loop through it a number of times before it converges. Uh, and they said that that um, iteration process, they would run it for like 40 to 50 iterations typically. And that would take on the order of well, actually, this was a little unclear to me. It's either about five hours or about five days. There's a couple different numbers that they that they cite here, and I'm not sure exactly what the difference is. Um, I think it was five days to pull down all the data and then five hours to run the page rank on it, but I could be wrong about this. Um, so it you know it takes a while, although not a, a vast amount of time, to actually run the algorithm. Um, and then the way that they would test it was they would have a, a very simple information retrieval step. So the example they give is, we're searching the internet for university. If you were to search university in google.stanford.edu, what would you get? And so there's still a very simple step where they have where they look at all the pages that have like university in the title, and they use that as kind of like the bank on which they want to draw their answers. And page rank is really then zeroing in on the ordering question. So of all the hundreds of pages, thousands of pages that might have university in them, which, what, which one is the one that's most important? And so they tried sort of the naive results that you get from something like one of the other like commercial search engines at the time versus PageRank. And you can see the contrast between the two that the one from the commercial algorithm or the one that's not paying any particular uh, attention to the, to the citation network is just coming back with all kinds of random like university IT support pages and a bunch of kind of random collections of like different departments at different universities, most of which you've never heard of. Um, you know, it's just kind of this grab bag of everything that might have the word university in it. Whereas PageRank, it's like number one is, I don't know, Stanford University. Number two is MIT. Number three is Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. I'm not looking at the paper right now, so I'm probably getting these wrong. But the point is they're like the front pages of major university web pages, and that makes a lot of sense. So this was held up not just as like, oh, here's a cute idea about a recursive citation network algorithm thing, but the actual implementation and showing that it gave you sensible results was, I think, really like what brought it home. Nice. I love this, uh, where like I, being professionally into software development, knew some things about PageRank, and you, being into data science and having actual read the, actually read the paper, uh, know different things about PageRank, and uh, hopefully this episode got us both on the same page. Oh, gosh. N ben, never, never change. <laughs> Thank I, I will try. <laughs> Linear Digressions is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. 
You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at lineardigressions.com and katie at lineardigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at lindigressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.